Welcome to the Rachel Kujup Show. I'm Rachel Kujup and my mission is to help you build a business that supports your multi-passionate lifestyle, create content with confidence and clarity, and launch profitable signature services and products. It is possible to blend who you are with what you do and gain financial freedom while still making a positive contribution to the world. I have helped over 3,000 people across my workshops and programs become respected and successful leaders and creators in their community. I know you have big dreams for your business and life. So are you ready to be seen and heard? In today's episode, I'll show you how to make it happen. Welcome to The Rachel Kujip Show. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Amy Malloy. Amy is a journalist, editor, and award-winning author who produces uplifting content for the biggest names in global publishing. Previous editor of Gazia Magazine and Collective Hub, she has built a reputation on telling the truth about recovery and how to find hope after trauma. The author of the memoir, Wife Interrupted, and the sellout self-help guide, The World is a Nice Place, Amy specializes in storytelling for healing. How to use your toughest memories to empower other people. She's the creator of the award-winning children's book, How to Recycle Your Feelings. Her latest offering, The Book Writing Remedy, is a book writing course which helps people to process personal experiences and sell them. Currently, she is the writer behind The Space, a mindfulness podcast produced by Nova Entertainment, which has already had over 2 million downloads. Amy is now working on the TV adaptation of Wife Interrupted, which was bought by a production company during the pandemic. She's also a certified Akashic record reader. Never heard of it? There is a lot to talk about with Amy. But today we're chatting about how to create content that sells and heals. I just know you're going to get so much from this conversation with Amy. So let's dive in. So I'm so excited to have you on the show to talk about a topic that is so close to my heart, which is creating content that sells and heals. Something that I learned early on was that you can like use your unique skill sets, experience and knowledge to build a successful business. But it wasn't until I embraced all of myself and claim my story that I was really able to build an aligned and profitable business. And I know that you can speak to this so much too, Amy, but before we dive into all of the benefits and the good stuff, I also wanted to touch first on some of the difficulties and why I think so many of my clients and maybe yours do too, shy away from sharing who they truly are and their, you know, personalities, stories online, because I know it's very common for women to be asked to share vulnerable and personal stories, especially when they're first trying to build their businesses and their career. And I know this was the case for me. I pitched so many incredible stories, if I do say so myself, (laughs) but I got my first few bylines by sharing my experience of being homeless at 17. So because you've had an amazing career, Amy, and you've been on both sides as an editor and a writer, I would love to know, have you ever felt pressured yourself to share personal stories? And why do you think women are often asked to share personal stories, perhaps more so than stories on their expertise? Yes. Wow. It's a big question. Um, The short answer is I've absolutely felt pressure. Um, And that is why, you know, now I mentor 
writers or anyone who wants who's thinking about sharing their story I have my book writing course which helps people to find that sweet spot between like shyness and oversharing because I have you know learned the hard way from nearly 20 years now of writing about myself and creating products around my story that there is such a fine line between like feeling empowered in what you share and then just knowing you've crossed and you've given too much and you've shared too much and having that awful vulnerability hangover that we've all felt whether it's you know posting on social media or creating a product writing a book having a conversation with someone in a coffee shop like we've all felt that like oh moment of I didn't do my story justice justice there I didn't share in a way that felt good for me um I think there's incredible power in sharing lived experiences and that's why you can create such a great product out of something that you've been through and and heal and sell at the same time I think now more than ever like we want to learn from people who have walked in those shoes we don't want to just you know be preached at by someone who calls themselves an expert we want to I think for me and a lot of people and there's research to back it up like it's great if you've got a qualification of course like you know I have a therapist I see a psychotherapist that's amazing but I've also been healed so much by like listening to a podcast of someone who's been through a breakup or experienced a work situation or grief or anything like that and you get those golden nuggets of how they've survived and those lived experiences are what really have an impact on us and editors know that and book publishers know that and you know entrepreneurs know that now like I've been an editor since I was 25 and the most impactful stories have been the first person accounts of someone who was pulled out of 9-11 or someone whose daughter died in a Malaysian airline crashes and like I went after all those stories I hunted down those people I got them to share with me and I still remember those stories 10 years on and we used to like makes me sound so old but this is when people would send in like proper letters to magazine and we would get huge mail bags from people saying oh my gosh that story has changed how I'm seeing my own struggle. So, you know, editors know from a commercial point of view that those stories are powerful. That's, that has a huge audience for people who are struggling, who are looking for, looking for hope and a, and a way out. And then that, you know, has a knock on effect that we are then looking for people to share with us. Um, and that's a double edged sword. You know, we have a responsibility as editors or anyone creating a product to share a story in a respectful way that you know my whole thing is that it should heal the person hearing the story but it should heal the person who's sharing it too and that's a, a real fine line balance to get right oh I love that and I totally agree with that I have had so many messages and emails when I've shared really personal stories and the stories where I felt comfortable and was supported by the editor and were able to make decisions with them that was both great for the people reading it, for the publication, but also took into account, um, you know, my lived experiences, you know, maybe some areas that I hadn't quite gone through. Those were the stories that I really did heal from and it was nice to receive all of those emails and messages back but then I have probably same as you Amy had not so great experiences and it has made me think oh was I actually like ready to tell that story and should I have maybe thought about telling it in a different way 
which is a really nice, mm. I guess, like lead into what I would love for you to share with us, because I think deciding kind of what stories to share or that you want to share a story is a first step. But then like, how do you go about navigating how to deliver those stories? Like what's your advice for how to write about personal experiences on, you know, professional platforms and to know when you're ready to share a story, how to tell that story, you know, is it on a video? Is it in a book? Like, do you have some steps or experiences that has helped guide you with this? Mm. So I, you know, as a go- I'm a ghostwriter as well. So I create a lot of content ghostwritten for other people. And, you know, that's across podcasts, books, online courses, social media, literally any product that you can think of. So there are definitely positives and negatives to each one. I think something interesting that you touched on, like with when you've had a negative experience is sharing too soon and this is a bit of a you know a topic that I'm really passionate about because I get a lot of people coming to me in the midst of an experience and particularly actually mothers with infertility or um, infant loss obviously very sensitive topics and they're going they're in the midst of it right now and I you know a little bit less now but definitely with social media you know there's a big thing around live blogging and live posting and you know writing about it when you're in it um and I can see why people want to do that especially when you're in it and you're trying to find like why is this happening to me there must be a reason like I want to find like the lessons in it right now um but my recommendation is always for people to take that pause to absolutely write it out now but write it out in a private way like you know my notes section of my phone is full of um captions that I will post on social media maybe in eight weeks or three months but when I don't feel quite as raw about a experience you know I've written out social media captions in the middle of a panic attack before and it's helped me so much to ground me and help me to work through it but I don't post it that day I literally, I take a pause and I wait for a moment when I get like, um, I always talk to one of my life coaches, um, Katie Zine, and we always talk about um, writing from your wounds and editing from your scars. And I just love that, like write from your wounds, get that emotion out, give yourself a break and come back and edit it from your scars. When you've got that little bit of healing has been done, you're not quite as raw. And you can really think about like, okay, what is the purpose of me sharing this? And if the purpose is to give someone hope or to give someone a lesson, like, do I nearly need to be that much of an open book for them to get that purpose? Do I need to put my whole life and all my feelings and all these people out there? Or can I strip it back and pull it back and cool it down and still have the same purpose and in, in how it's helping people? So, you know, if you're thinking about, you're going through something you're like oh my gosh I could like start a live blog about this or I'm going to write about this on social media today I'm going to record a story I'm going to do a monologue live now like you know we can just do that and save it and just at least give yourself overnight before you think about putting it out there into the world. Oh I love that um, I share something similar with my clients which is touches on what you share that I never share anything until I don't care what anyone thinks, meaning mm. that like I won't feel like I'm being personally attacked um, or I won't feel like my feelings or version of events aren't validated if an editor says, no, this piece isn't for us because I have done that um, as well. And I'm so glad that, you know, those stories 
for whatever reason, didn't go out into the world at that moment because it really, I, I personally wasn't ready. The story might be ready, but I wasn't um, ready to, to tell it and to experience everything that comes after it. Because sometimes you do get those comments. Like I would get like, well, it's your fault. You were homeless. And when I would get stuff like that, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. You're just a troll. But then there was also these really amazing opportunities that I had to be ready for too. And I think that's something we don't often think about that, you know, we're worried about all of the trolls and the haters. But then if someone comes to you with a really fantastic opportunity, which I got quite a few, I ended up having to say no a few times. And I don't regret it because it's like, no, actually, I'm not comfortable yet. Like I've shared a story and I dealt with it, but now more things have come up and I'm not ready to like keep sharing or to share in a different way. Because I know for me, I'm always trying to find that sweet spot between like, shyness and like oversharing and wanting to put a story out in the world that I think needs to be shared right now because you're probably the same Amy like I get really called to share something um and then being like mm. oh am I quite ready so do you have any tips for how you help your clients or how you found kind of navigating that spot yeah, like the sweet spot without experiencing that vulnerability hangover, which I, if I'm honest, I still always feel a little bit. And I think like, why can I just, you know, make a decision? But I think maybe I'm just always going to feel a little bit vulnerable when I share those personal stories. And that's fine. You know, I've been doing this for so long, writing about myself. And still, you know, when you're when you're talking about a new topic, there's certain topics, you know, when I'm talking about being widowed. I've been doing that for 15 years. And so I don't feel that vulnerability hangover because, you know, I've, it's, I'm, I'm so comfortable in that space. But then, you know, navigating, talking about motherhood or um, health anxiety, I talk about now for the first time. And, you know, when you're going into a new topic, like you do feel that element of fear, but it shows me that I'm also breaking new ground because we, I don't, I don't want to just repeat the same story and over and over again, but for the next 20 years, I want to talk about what I'm going through now which is relatable to my peers and the people that have been following my story since I was 23. I loved what you said about, you know, being ready for what could come next, because that is one of the things I talk to my clients about is, you know, if you share your story, if you post this social media caption, if you do this article, like what's the best thing that can happen? Like we're all sitting here thinking, what if no one reads it? What if it just, they don't, what if the editor doesn't say yes? What if it doesn't get picked up? What if no one buys it? But what if it goes viral? What if that social media caption, which has happened for me, becomes an article because someone noticed it and then that article becomes a book. And then that book, which is where I am now, becomes a TV show. And then suddenly this story is erupting globally and you're being asked to be on podcasts and talk about this topic again and again. Are you ready to do that? And have you figured it out yourself enough um, how you feel about this situation? And that's not about having all the answers. I mean, I'm in constant therapy on and off. And how now how I look back about being widowed, which when I was 23, how I thought I coped with it, I can now see with a very different lens now. That doesn't mean how I described it in my 20s was a lie. It just means that it's evolved how I can see it. And now I can talk about it in a really fresh way now that I'm a mother in my thirties. But you do have to be ready to think about like, what's the best case scenario? If this becomes a new career path for you and a new part of your brand, a new part of your profile, is that something you're gonna be excited about? Or with every podcast interview, are you gonna feel exhausted? 
Are you going to feel anxious? And are you just going to want to hide? Because that probably is a sign that maybe, you know, that topic is still a bit too raw for you to share. And also, this is something I talk about a lot. Like we don't, even if you are a professional storyteller like I am, we don't have to share every experience that happens in our lives. Like probably like you, because I've been doing this so long, when I have an argument with my husband, if like one of my kids is being a nightmare, like I automatically put like the magazine editor lens on it and think I'm already thinking of like headlines and cells and captions and how this can be transferred into a piece of content. But we don't have to do that with everything. Like I'm quite protective of my relationship now with my husband. I write about it way less than any relationship before. Like one, because, you know, that is an existing relationship and I want to protect him. But also I'm still figuring it out. You know, there's the side effects of me being widowed and um, trauma from my early life that has an impact on my relationship now. And we are figuring it out as we go. And we don't have enough answers yet for me to be able to make it a teachable lesson. Maybe, you know, I hope I'm sitting here in five and 10 years time and I've got it a bit more figured out and I can start to say, this is my experience and this is how I think it can help you. But I'm not there yet. <laughs> I am still such a work in progress that I need to figure it out for myself too. And so, yeah, don't feel that pressure to everything that happens to give it purpose by making it into content. You know, that might happen in the future, but it doesn't have to happen now. Um, and what have you got a little bit more figured out that you could create content from instead and really have a useful lesson in there for your audience? Yeah, I love that. And you're so right. I was like nodding and trying to laugh down the mic. And you said like, I literally be like mid-argument. I was like, this would be a perfect reel. Like, I, guys, and I'm like, oh, stop, Rachel. Be present in this argument. And I can't help it. It must be like a defense. Maybe it's like a defense and protection mechanism too. I was like, ooh. And the same as you, if I'm going through something, my first reaction is to go write it down. And I do seek a lot of clarity through my own writing. I've been writing like poetry and writing my feelings from like a really, really young age. And I think that's why I love writing so much now, but like you, I write it all out and it always comes back to that teachable moment. Like if I don't have a lesson that I'm ready to share, or I think is fully developed, I just don't share it. And, you know, I think what you're touching on there is so great too, because I used to share a few years ago, a lot about being homeless. Um, I was writing a lot of articles. I was writing for a lot of publications, getting asked to speak at events. And then I realized it was, I'd reached a new stage where I still want to talk about this. Eventually, this topic is something that I like talking about and I want to do, but I was just not ready anymore. I'd reached a new stage of kind of understanding, like you shared, um, you know, being widowed and a new reflection. I was like, oh, how do I want to talk about it going forward? And I still don't have the answers um, and I still haven't figured it out. So I choose to not speak on that topic and um, turn away opportunities and then welcome new ones. So I'd love to know, because yeah. there are so many benefits to sharing stories that we obviously are ready to share, that there's a teachable moment. What are the benefits you've experienced in your life and career? And I know that you've touched on your incredible book and now TV show. So feel free to talk about that. But what are some other mm -hmm. benefits that you've experienced? I think it's what we all crave, right? It's connection. I, I mean, gosh, especially since the pandemic. And, you know, I'm a mom. I've got three kids, five and under. And yeah, I spent the last two years, you know, not being able to see my family who were stuck in England whilst I was in Australia. 
And so, I, you know, I felt that aching loneliness that we've all felt. And to be able to share your story, whether it's, you know, creating a product and writing a book and not really knowing who reads it, but knowing that people are, or having that kind of one-on-one -on -one connection of someone on social media sending you a DM saying like, oh my gosh, thank you for writing that. This is what I'm going through. You really helped me. Like that is a little like um, burst of connection that you get. And it does make you feel like you're part of something bigger than you are, especially when you're, you know, sitting in your home office, typing away, just feeling really alone. Um, and it does give us perspective. Like, you know, um, I'm trained as a counsellor as well, just, uh, I, and I did it, I did my qualifications just to give me an extra understanding of storytelling and grief, because that's what, why I started writing. Um, and one of the ways that we move forward with grief is to give it meaning. And so that is about, you know, taking a step back, seeing your experience as an observer and a narrator, really, and looking for the meaning, joining the dots between what's happened and how that got you to where you are today. Like, I don't really believe in that everything happens for a reason, you know, cliche, because I think that's a little bit too oversimplified. But I can look back on like the, um, the real mile milestone moments in my life and see how they got me here and see how they kind of did work out in the end. And storytelling helps us to give meaning to our grief or meaning to whatever we've been through. Um, and especially, you know, I, I, one of my courses is a book writing remedy, and that's really about memoir writing and, and turning your experience into like a story that sells and heals. And, you know, one of the things I get my writers to do is look at those milestone moments. Like we write out, um, one of the phrases we use again and again, especially when writing introductions for a book is I'll never forget the moment that dot, dot, dot. And I say like, this is going to be your first chapter. I'll never forget the moment that dot, dot, dot. And then your introduction for that chapter, I have a magic formula that I teach everyone. The introduction is that lived experience. I'll never forget the moment that my husband walked out the door and never walked back in again. I'll never forget the moment that um, I woke up asleep on a street corner. I'll never forget the moment that, you know, my child died in my arms. And it could be something much smaller than that. Like I'll never forget the moment that I realized I'd made a huge mistake or something positive. I'll never forget the moment that I laugh for the first time again. Um, and then the next part of your chapter is the story, like chronological, you know, I was 18 when dot, 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 and you break down the who, what, why, when. But the third section is the really bit that matters. And that's when we say what I've learned. Looking back, this is what I've learned. Looking back, this is how, what I would tell you if you were going through this. And it's that combination of the real emotional lived experience the facts about how you got there, but then the teachings that you took from it, to me, that's what makes the real powerful content from your story. Oh, I love that. I teach similar things in my programs, but obviously from a business um, sort of transformation perspective. But I love that. I think that applies to so many parts of storytelling and even, um, you know, sharing things with like friends and family, you know, when you've gone through something and you're like, how do I even tell them X, Y, and Z mm -hmm. has happened? I think they're beautiful prompts as well to I really help, help people, on journaling. You know, I have people come to me saying, um, you know, I want you to help me. I've, I've been diagnosed with cancer and I need to write the Facebook post that tells my friends and family about it. And I want to get it right. Like I want to tell the truth, but I want it to be hopeful and I want them to know I'm okay, but I also want them to know what I need. And you're going through the same things. Like these are the same things that you're, you, whether you're writing a book, you're writing a podcast script, you're writing a social media post, you're writing a letter to your partner after an argument, 
like you're using the same thing it's all the same it's the same storytelling arc really if you want if you want to be honest and authentic but also vulnerable and and have a purpose to what you're sharing it's really the same stuff again and again I love that. And do you mind sharing how you've used your personal stories to build your career? Because I just love watching your career expand over the years. And I've always been like, yes, that's something that I'd like to explore, Um, you know, books, things like Mm. that. That's definitely on the cards. And I've started that. And I know many of my listeners like you are multi-passionate, have so many stories to tell, so much lived experience, but aren't really sure how to make money out of it, how to, like you said, create content that sells and heals. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, I think that the the reason that was the tagline for my course is because both are important. I want you to sell your content. I want it to heal you and other people. And you don't have to focus on one and not the other. Like, it's not bad to say, I want to help people, but I also want to pay my mortgage or my rent. Like, that's okay. Um, And you can do tick off both in a really authentic way. So for me, you know, I signed my first book deal when I was 23, which was 24, a year after I was widowed. Um, and again, I had started writing one. I really wrote that book as a journal. My first book, Wife Interrupted, is incredibly raw and honest um, and, you know, amazing. I don't think I'd have had the guts to write it now as a 30-year-old, but I'm so glad I did in my 20s. And I did write it as a journal, but I was also a journalism graduate. And I wanted a break into the industry. And I was living this and absorbed in my grief. It was all I could think about, dream about, you know, it took over everything. So it made sense for me to write about it, but I was also very ambitious and driven. Um, And, you know, I'm the first one to say, I got my first internship in London, which is incredibly competitive because I had written a story for uh, for the same magazine about being a young widow. So when I sent in my intern, my CV for the internship, they recognized it and they signed me up. Um, and then I published my book and then I got my second job at Grazia Magazine in the UK, again, incredibly competitive because they'd read my book about being widowed and they loved my writing. But, you know, I am under no illusions that if I hadn't had that profile behind me from having this unique story, because my first book isn't just about being widowed, it's about being widowed and then coping with it by sleeping around. So I had this unique selling point and a really strong voice and a really unique voice. And so that got me noticed. And so for the rest of my career, I balanced like telling my story, like I had columns about moving on and finding love again. Um, I wrote another book about um, how to overcome adversity joyfully. So I still continue to tell my story. However, I also got a name from getting other people to share their stories. So I was the reporter, the very young reporter who would go out after, like I said, after 9-11, after the plane crash, after tsunami and get people to share. And I think because I was had such an old head for my age, I was only mid-20s, but I had lived through so much. Um, I was able to ask those tough questions and get people to share with me in a really really vulnerable way. Um, And then on the side, I continued because people had kind of grown up with me in a way, like you said at the beginning of our interview off air, you know, I've been reading your story for years and I get that a lot. Like people have been following along since I was a single single girl who'd just been widowed. Um, And I've talked about like relationships, finding love again, and then that relationship breaking down. 
I've talked about continuing to recover from my eating disorder, being um, struggling with infertility and then being pregnant my first baby. Now I'm two more babies in, you know, remarried again and trying to navigate motherhood. And I just, I haven't really learned about it excessively, but every time that something significant happens, I will drop in a, a little bit of content, whether it's an article, a new book, um, social media, now a new course. Um, when I really feel like I've got something new to share, now um, I'm in the process of developing a TV show based on my first book, but also what's happened since. So um, it was really interesting when my first book came out when I was 24, I had an offer of a TV show then, um, but it would have been a straight translation of that book. So it would have been just like, I was widowed, um, now I'm a girl on the dating scene, like having lots of sex and trying to figure it out, which, you know, great. <laughs> you know, we'd all watch that, that sounds fantastic. But what I really love now, signing a, a TV deal in my late 30s, is it's evolved so much. Now it's the story of a 30 year old widow who has told her story and is trying to find a way to live with that story whilst building a new version of her life. And it's a much more complex and nuanced and relatable and interesting story to tell. And I'm so glad that I'm doing a TV show now rather than it happening all at once when I was 24. So letting your story evolve with you and letting your content evolve with it is a really interesting and exciting place to be. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And you're so right. Sometimes stories need room to breathe, whether it's a social media post or an article or a product, coming back to it and building on it and seeing it with new eyes. And like you said, a lot of stories are more complex than we often see or we're often encouraged to deliver online um you've probably had this too amy where something's happened and you shared it and someone's like oh you need to get that out there you share that um and although you might be ready and you've got the teachable moment but you're like no there is more to this story than a quick post um and then moving on so i love that you shared mm. that because so many of my clients are doing incredible things like i said have incredible stories um and those stories are building over time much like mine and i think for them and for me, because we often talk about it, we're like feel pulled to tell quick snippets of it, you know, because of feeling like, oh my God, the story is going to go away. We'll lose the opportunity. I need to tell it now when, you know, hearing you share that experience, it's like that story stays with you. And that, you know, if they're universal stories with those universal themes, they're always going to be relevant. And sometimes it's good to let a story develop and then mm -hmm continue to share it which I'm not really doing it all now you know there's so many different platforms for storytelling um and you know hopefully it will become like multifaceted whatever your story you're telling but you know start with the book just the book <laughs> which is like a huge project on its own but you don't have to think okay the book and then maybe I could pitch this as a tv show and I can make, create a mini course on it and then I can do the podcast like start with the book start writing the book you know, within that, as I'm help, as I help people write the book, write their book, I'm always saying, okay, remember that that would make a great article. So when the book comes out, let's pull that out as an article and we can sell the article. We're like, cool, wouldn't this be a great mini course? So make a note that like we could in the future, once the book's been out for a year, we could develop this as a mini course, but you don't have to do it all now. 
and you know that gives you the space to have future teachings when you've got a slightly different perspective like let's write the book and then maybe in a year's time we could do a course and then maybe after that we could do a podcast but it doesn't all have to be like in the next six months yes <laughs> that is so true it's hard for us perfectionists and you know fast movers but yes that is very very sound advice so what's the <laughs> one thing you'd like listeners to take away from this episode about creating content that sells and heals I think it just doesn't have to be a terrifying experience you know I we have group coaching calls for my course and you know I do we just we talk a lot about fear and imposter syndrome and just like oh my gosh, I feel sick because my book might come out soon. And, you know, or I can't even imagine telling my parents that I'm going to write this story. Like, it doesn't have to feel that way. Like, as we said, you're always going to feel a little bit nervous and you're always going to be like, oh, this, I feel a bit vulnerable. But you shouldn't be dreading the day that it comes out. You shouldn't be terrified of people's reactions. Like you said, you should get to a place where the good, the bad and everything in between you're accepting of what's coming. You know, like I still get trolled. I get people saying to me like, oh, when are you going to stop talking about your dead husband? <laughs> I have had people say to me. And I mean, of course you like flinch, like I'm not a robot. Of course you still feel that. But I'm so clear on the purpose. Like if I ever mention my late husband, it's with a very clear purpose and intention. And I've been very conscious about the words I've chosen, how much I've shared and how much I haven't. So you can get to a space with a bit of guidance um, and with the help of people that you trust and the opinions you trust, where you can share, you can just find that sweet spot where you share just enough to feel connected, to feel like what you're sharing has purpose and impact, but you're not throwing yourself under the bus when you're doing it. And you can get to that space where you, you can share without fear and create content that sells, that heals, that ticks all the boxes. Oh, that's a beautiful way to end. And I couldn't agree more. So thank you so much for coming onto the Rachel Kujup show and for sharing your story, insights and wisdom. I know listeners are going to take so much away from this conversation. Thanks so much. Rachel. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found what I've shared valuable, please leave a review and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss when a new episode drops every Wednesday.